0: Well, uh, we are in a series called The Choice to Rejoice, so let's look at uh, Philippians 4.4. 4. We're gonna continue on that this evening. There, there, is, uh, there are opportunities daily to exercise what we've been um, focusing on recently, on Wednesdays, the choice to rejoice. There are there, uh, many opportunities. There always are, no matter what time you live in, but there are, I think, amplified opportunities daily uh, to exercise this. Philippians 4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. That means all the time. Again, I will say rejoice. And we said rejoice, it means to express joy, great delight, triumph. It is a a happy word. It is a powerful word. It is a spiritual force. You don't uh, correlate joy with being sad, with being mopey, with being depressed. Those two don't go together. You can't say, I'm in joy, but I can't get out of bed because I'm so sad. Those aren't those aren't, uh, those are not something we would put together. Those are mutually exclusive. You can't have, you can't be functioning in joy. We have joy on the inside of us because we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us and joy is a fruit of the Spirit, but we have to exercise it. We have to cooperate with it. And if we are, then we're going to experience the results. In the Amplified Classic, that same verse says rejoice in the Lord always, delight, gladden yourselves in Him. Again, I say rejoice. So if you weren't glad, rejoicing in the Lord will gladden. It will help you. It will will change. Change your countenance. Change your outlook. Let's look at 1 Peter 1, verse 6. These two verses we've uh, kind of started out with. It says, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. We don't like that. But we live on the earth, and there are trials on the earth. And uh, that's just the way it is. We, you don't have to call them into existence. Doesn't matter if you have a, you know, that's not a bad confession to say there are trials. There are trials, it just says it in the word. You know, it says it multiple other times. We, we live in a fallen world. God doesn't send the trials, uh, but we have an enemy. His name is Satan. Uh, there are people in the world that don't serve God and do their own thing or listen to, uh, they're under the influence of Satan, whether they realize it or not. And there, there are things that happen in this world that aren't God's will. And there are trials. God's not sending the trials, but you, you will experience trials in this earth. It says, if, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We're going to come back to that. Whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, Yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the the salvation of your souls. Now last week we touched on, uh, focused on that thought in verse 8. Whom having not seen you love, Jesus, though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice. And we talked about the, the connection between joy... And faith. If you if you are in faith, you will have joy. And you can see that clearly here. Though you do not see him yet, believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Let's go back to verse seven. Actually, let's read verse six, and we'll pick then go into verse seven. You'll make more be better context. It says, in this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, that the genuineness of your faith, though it is tested by fire, fire like literal fire, well, it could be. But more than likely, we're talking about the fire, the heat, from trials. Anybody ever experience heat from trials? Pressure? Nobody? Everybody? Somebody said, if if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Well, depends on what you're talking about. You know, if you're someplace that you don't need to be, then, you know, maybe you need to leave. But if you're in the middle of life, that doesn't mean get out of life. You know, you need to, we need to be able to deal and triumph and go through and go over and deal with the heat, deal with the pressure. We're not supposed to just quit and leave and get out. But it says that the genuineness of your faith, though it is tested by fire. Now, it's not God testing it. I mean, he's not sending the fire, but there's stuff that happens on this earth because we're in this earth, and it will test your faith. That pressure will test. It's, it's being tested. It's being tried. We have an enemy, and if you can say you believe certain things, but he will push you. And what he's trying to get you to do is just... cry uncle. Know what I mean by that? Give up. Say that's enough. Forget it. And so there's pressure in the earth and Satan is the adversary of Christians. He's the adversary of you and me if you're a Christian. And so he will bring pressure to bear. Now he's not bigger than God. He's not the victor. But And he needs our cooperation in order to do anything in our life. But he'll put pressure on you. And it says here that the genuineness of your faith, uh, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That your faith, even though it's tested, even though it's tried, even though it's pushed, that it may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So, you're pressed, you're tried. Well, in the midst of it, what did Paul say in Philippians 4.4? Rejoice in the Lord always. Well, that would include when we're under pressure. And here it's saying even though you're under pressure, you're under fire, you're dealing with a challenge, wherever it is, it could be at work, could be in family, it could be in health, whatever, we believe God and in the middle of the pressure in the trial that we would be found and our faith would be found uh, to praise, honor, and glory. That we would be found to praise God. Well, if you're praising God, you're supposed to be rejoicing all the time. Well, joy is going to be expressed and you're going to have, you're going to experience joy as you're praising Him. Your focus is taking, if, when you do that, you're taking your focus off your circumstance and putting it on to Him, the author and finisher of your faith, the one that can do something about the situation you're facing, not just... Uh, he, in other words, he's not just an idol. He's not a, a wooden image on a, on a mantle. He's God Almighty. And when you praise him, you're taking your focus off whatever is going on and you're praising and honoring the one that is all-powerful, the one that is the author and finisher of your faith, the one that is your support, your strength, your comfort, And in the middle of the pressure, in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the testing, in the middle of the fire, that you still praise Him, you still honor Him, well, you're going to experience joy. You're going to, that's a pathway to rejoice. One of the ways you're rejoicing is you're praising Him. If you look at the next line, and we'll come back to this, uh, you know, thought, but, Verse 8 says not whom having not seen you love though now you do not see him yet believing you rejoice. See just we got done he just got done saying that your the trying of your faith may lead you still to praise and honor and glory in him and it said though you don't see him yet believing you rejoice. So you're rejoicing, you're praising, you're honoring in the middle of trials, in the middle of pressure you're still praising. Hebrews 13, 15, look at this. Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Let us, therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. Two things. Notice it's continually. That sounds a lot like rejoice in the Lord always. Well, you ought to be thanking God and praising him continually as well. They go hand in hand. But number two, notice it says, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. When you're you're getting the heat, when you're getting the pressure, when you're feeling the push and the fire, we're to offer the sacrifice of praise. And it may feel like a sacrifice sometimes. You you don't feel like praising God. You want to say something else. You, wanna, you, you want to do something else. Amen or oh me. It's true anyhow. We've all been there. You want to do something else, and the last thing you may feel like is praising God. But When we're talking about joy and rejoicing, we're not talking about some you know, spiritual concept that doesn't have any punch to it. We're talking about a force that will bring us through the fire. And part of that is when you are up against it, when you have the heat bearing down on you, this says you offer the sacrifice of praise continually. Well, that would include at that time, even when you're under pressure. And those times, it is a sacrifice sometimes just to go and to praise God praising god is the release valve that will let the pressure out in our lives it's supposed to be the release valve when we are feeling pressure praising god is supposed to be what relieves the pressure cuz we take we can get the heat build up the pressure build up and what we're we're tempted to do something What we're supposed to do is praise God and take our attention off the situation and put it back onto Him, and that releases the pressure because we are putting our focus on the one that has done and can do something about it. The release valve is not supposed to be complaining, worrying, anger, bitterness self-destructive behaviors, when the pressure's there, the temptation, it can take so many forms, is to do something other than praise God, but it can come up and just start complaining about the situation, start worrying about the situation, start doing any number of destructive behaviors. You name it. That's how these habits get ingrained, because there's pressure, and people want, they want to deal with the pressure. Mm-hmm. And so, there's all kinds of things people run to. They're feeling under the pressure, so they start doing something and pretty soon that becomes the trigger. They feel the pressure, so they go to some behavior that's not gonna help, and in the long run it's gonna hinder. But those are all substitutes with consequences. What's supposed, and they don't actually relieve the pressure, that you may feel a rush, you know, maybe get the little zap in your, your brain from, from doing something and, and it, you feel better for a little bit. You know, they say that you get that from, that's why people check their cell phones so much. After a while, you know, you get this little, you wanna just check the cell phone and, what is it, dopamine? You hit, you want to get, you get, well, I got to get that, or whatever. Well, people get addicted to all kinds of, of things. But praising God will release the pressure, and it has no harmful side effects. It has, and it's, it's the thing that will actually release the pressure. It won't just postpone it. Because when you get done, when you go doing whatever, if 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 we yield to worrying and yield to complaining, when you get done, the problem's still the same. And all you're doing is just distracting yourself. But when we praise God, we're actually looking at the one that can do something about it, and we're reminding ourselves, if we've already believed him, he is doing something about it. He is on our side. He is here. He is behind us. He is with us. He is all-powerful. And no matter what we see, no matter what we feel, He has a solution. And all I have to do, all you have to do, is hook up with Him and walk with Him and be communing with Him. And, oh, God, You're so powerful. And you can go and praise Him for what He's done and thank Him for what He's done in the past and rehearse how He did this and He did that over the years for you. And you can remember how you felt before he came through that it didn't look like anything. It didn't look like there was any solution It didn't look like there was any help you can remember how the the pressure was there But you know how he came through well that brings you up when you start looking at the current situation You say Lord you you've done it before you can do it now you can do it again You are the God Almighty you can remind yourself of, of what he did in the the Bible, throughout the Bible, how there was impossible odds or somebody was facing a situation. They were facing, you know, in in the case of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, literal fire. Heat. Like we wouldn't believe. And they came through it. I mean, that's an impossible situation. You don't look at that and say, oh, well, they're coming out of this. No, the people that threw them in the furnace died. But they looked to God and they wouldn't yield and they would, they honored him. They praised him by what they did, what they said. And when, when we're in situations, it may look different, in our lives, but when we come up against the pressure, the true release valve is Lord, I give you honor. Just get in your room and just shut the door or go for a ride in the car and just say, Lord, I praise you. I honor you. You are the Almighty. You are the God of all creation. Lord, I honor you. I worship you. I say, You are more than able to overcome any situation, and You are with me, and You are for me, and You're working. You spend an hour doing that. You're focusing on the thing, on who can take care of it. He always has a solution. He always has a way around, over, through. Doesn't matter. God knows. Amen. Always. Jeremiah 33.10. This is referring to... Uh, Israel being reestablished, it says, Thus says the Lord again, There shall be heard in this place of which you say, It is desolate, without man and without beast, in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, that are desolate, without man and without inhabitant, and without beast. The voice, there will again be the voice of joy and the voice of gladness. The voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say, Praise the Lord of hosts, For the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever. And of those who will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. It says, for I will cause the captives of the land to return as at the first, says the Lord. The sacrifice of praise. Praising him in the face of. Praising him... In spite of. Psalm 50, verse 14 says, Offer to God thanksgiving, thanksgiving and praise. You see these together. And pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. What's the day of trouble? When there's heat, when there's pressure then say we'll go off in the corner and complain and be bitter and weep and worry you know we've all missed it in some of these areas but we we can choose differently we can choose to praise him when we feel like crying we can feel like we can praise him when we feel like just complaining We can choose to praise him when we feel like doing something that we know is not going to be good for us. It's not going to help us. We can choose to praise him. He said, call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. Psalm 107, 21 Says, oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. It's throughout the word. Talks about the, the sacrifice of praise, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. In other words, they used to have old covenant sacrifices. Well, we can come before God and sacrifice our praise and thanksgiving. The Bible says the sweet smelling aroma, the praises of the saints going up to God. It it blesses our Father when we praise Him, but it helps us. It it sets us. In the right place. It sets our mind in the right place. Psalm 34, verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. You skip down a little bit to Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will bless the Lord when? All times. All, times. all time. Everybody say all times. all times. I will bless him. I will bless him. I will bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Continually. You know, I think it would be good for us just to get in the habit of praising Him and honoring Him no matter what is going on. When you're tempted to say something else, you know, the world says all kinds of stuff. Something happens and they say, you choose your words. You know, they say all kinds of stuff. Well, why not just use that as an opportunity to praise God and bless God? Something's happening. Well, praise God. Bless God. That's a good opportunity just to say, to to praise Him, to honor Him. Make that a habit. That's a good habit. Looks like everything's falling apart. Well, praise God. Glory to God. If you get to where you're actually saying it and you're conscious of what you're doing, well, you're you're saying something more than just saying praise God. You're saying God's still on the throne. God loves me. God's for me. God's got this thing figured out and we're going over. Praise God. You're not praising God for whatever went wrong. You're not praising God for the pressure. You're not saying that. You're saying, well, praise God. He's on the throne anyhow. I mean, you can get off and spend some concerted time praising him, too, but just that. Something goes wrong instead of, you know, using a bunch of stuff you can't print and have to use all the top letters, you know, the, the, all the characters above the numbers on the typewriter to, like they used to do in the, comic, the, the comics. This means they can't print it. Instead of saying anything like that, we could just say, praise God. Praise God. You want to say something else? Well, bless God. Glory to God. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ. In everything, give thanks. It says rejoice always. It says there again there's something going on, well, I'm going to give thanks. Not for it, not for the thing that's challenging you, not because the heat's turned up, not because you're feeling pressure, but I'm going to praise God anyway. I'm going to thank Him in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God. We know the will of God in every situation. We just read it some, can you go to verse 18? This, if you say, I just don't know what God's will is for my life. Well, you know one part of it. It says, in everything give thanks. Not for everything. Not happy that there's pressure. Not happy that there's fire. But in it, in it I'm going to praise God anyway. I'm going to thank Him. And I'm going to let the, the pressure release properly by honoring Him and thanking Him and giving Him glory. Worshiping Him. Philippians 4, 6 says be anxious for nothing but in everything so you're in the middle of it be anxious for nothing but in everything in the middle of the situation by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving so you bring it to God talk to God about it but praise Him thank Him God I thank you I thank you that you're more than enough I thank you that you are the great healer I thank you that you can fix any problem If the parties involved will yield to him, anything can be fixed. Now, you know, God does not control human wills. But as far as you are concerned, if we'll, you know, each individual, if we'll yield to him and thank him and look to him, then he can make it work out for uh, our good and his glory in every situation. In other words, you're not at the mercy of somebody else for your life to be blessed. We don't have to wait for somebody else to decide that we're going to be okay. We have a connection straight to the God of the universe, and we can look to him and say, Lord, I trust you, I honor you, I praise you, and that gives him access to deal with the situation and make it turn out. We don't have to wait for somebody else to figure out what the right thing is to do. We're not at the mercy of somebody else. We can go to God and he can help us. Amen. Amen. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. We're talking about, sometimes it's a sacrifice. It, it's something you, you, you need to push through to praise God. You need to put your flesh down. You need to pray, you know, maybe push thoughts aside Honoring him in the middle of something that's pressure. It says here, No temptation has overtaken you except as such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. That means you'll be able to deal with the pressure that's in front of you. Always. God's not heaping stuff on you. He's not seeing how much you can bear, but there's pressure in the world, but it will never be more than what uh, you can handle. It says that right here. He will make a way of escape so you can deal with it and you can overcome and go through it. Always. So when we, if we have the thought, no, this is too much, I, you know, I can't praise God, well, no, the way of escape's there, and the, the Bible says there isn't any temptation that has come against us that isn't common. And when the temptation comes, we will not be tempted beyond what we're, what we're able, but with the temptation, he'll, wait, he'll make a way of escape. Well, part of that way of escape is, I'm not going to go down with this thing. I'm going to praise him. I'm already in the escape mode because I am praising him and looking to him and saying, Lord, you're going to make a way. You're going to show me through. You're going to show me. See, we're praising him. We're honoring him. We're putting ourselves in a position to to see clearly what the way of escape is. Not to yield to the temptation, but to go over. To be victorious through. In the middle of the fire that we come out honoring him and praising our God, glorifying him. Yeah, there's temptation. Yeah, there's a temptation to yield to any number of things, to yield like we said to worry or complaining or bitterness or depression or anger or, uh, you know, self-destructive behavior. There's a temptation there, but the temptation doesn't mean we have to yield. And when that pressure builds up so much, we can build it into ourselves. Wait, the release valve is, I'm going to start praising him. I won't yield to the temptation. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to yield to him. I'm going to honor him. The Bible says we won't ever be pushed on beyond what we can bear. What does that mean? Anything we're dealing with, we can overcome. Always. Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest... Who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are. Jesus felt the fire. Jesus had the pressure. And he knows. And he understands. He's not aloof. He's not like, oh, well, you know, those humans. No, he walked where we've walked, and he dealt with more pressure than any of us has dealt with, going to the cross, bearing the sin of the whole world. But he knows what it is to feel challenged. He knows what it is to feel pressure. But through it, he put his focus on God the Father. And he said, not my will, but your will be done. He honored God. And he knows. And we need to come to him and honor him and praise him in the middle of when we're being pushed. It says, We don't have, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin." See we can have pressure, but we don't need to yield to the wrong thing. We don't have to. We can yield to him. We can praise him. Amen. In the middle of it, we can choose to yield to that and praise him. It says verse 16, "Let us therefore come let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace" To help in time of need. Well, you're coming to the throne. You come with thanksgiving and praise. You, you need help. You know you need help. You're being pushed. You're being pressured. And it says to come boldly to the throne of grace. And Lord, I worship you. I praise you. Oh, I, you're so good. Lord, I need help here. You're coming to him. And he's not aloof like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. He knows. He came through victorious, never sinned, Never missed it, but he knows what the pressure is. And if we'll honor him and come to him when we feel like doing something else, then he could do something with our situation. Praise God. 2 Timothy 1, verse 6, as we close, it says, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. See, if if we're born again, we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. If we're born again, we have all the potential that we need to get everything that we're called to do done on this earth. We have the Spirit of God residing on the inside of us, and when we praise God, we release that into the atmosphere. We release uh, the consciousness of that into our realm right here. You You vocalizing honor to God changes the atmosphere. It changes what's going on, and we need to stir it up. Sometimes you don't feel like it. You're tempted to do. You're tempted to not. You know, say nothing. You're tempted to complain. You're tempted to go down the wrong track. The pressure's great. But the Bible says uh, Paul is stirring up Timothy. He's saying, "I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. You stir it up. You you overcome the temptation." to do something else, knowing that God is on your side and you step through. And you praise and honor and glorify Him, come to God, worship Him, honor Him, let the pressure release, let the pressure go by the wayside as you spend time in His presence and focus on Him. Building up ourselves in our most holy faith, praising Him. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. All the time. All the time. As we worship Him and honor Him, we get our mind focused on the right thing. Praise God.